beautiful people of the world. Downtown Dimes here with Duke and Sean. Yo. All right, so at this point, we're about five to seven games in to the NBA season for most teams. Um, Some surprising things, some not so surprising things. Obviously, it's real early to get a read on anything definitive, but uh, definitely far enough in to get some first impressions and and sound some alarms, I would say. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I can agree with that. Yeah, well, says a Lakers fan. (laughs) It's too early, man, too early. It it is, but is it? Uh, I, I... I think so. I'm being super optimistic, but it's too early. It's early. For a lot of teams. It is early, but I think that it's funny. In these types of instances, you know, when a team's doing well is when you're like, yeah, it's it's too early. There's time for it to go wrong. But <laughs> but especially one of these big market teams like, like the Lakers and the Nets, um, it's definitely not too early to sound some alarms because if – Dude, if the Nets are already holding a players-only meeting, there's an alarm there. Jeez, yeah, I saw that. So, you know what? Let, let's start with that. Let's start with the Nets. Um, as as of this moment... One in five. They are one in five. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. So, how how did we get to this point? Let's Let's... Ask that question. Oh man, can we uh can we pull up their schedule? Cause I don't believe that they had a super tough schedule in the beginning. So their their losses are uh, well, Pacers, which they should have won. Yeah, yeah. Um, they lost to the Bucks. That doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, no, they you're supposed to lose against the Bucks. Um. Grizzlies also doesn't really surprise Grizzlies, me. Grizzlies, they should have lost against the Grizzlies. Uh, they lost to the Raptors, which is intriguing. I, I think they should have beat them. They should have beat the Raptors. Um, so uh, enough enough teams to be like, eh, those are those are games that that you should win. And to me, that's like that's always a, a thing of a good team. And what I always ask of of my teams is, you know, beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. One hundred percent. And then be competitive in, in anything else. And the Nets have not given us that. Uh, the Ben Simmons experiment, I, I think that, you know, I, I listen to a lot of uh, New York sports radio. And a lot of the Nets fans are borderline tired of the Ben Simmons experiment already. I think he's being scapegoated already. Honestly, I've been watching the games because I'm a Ben Simmons uh, fan, I guess. I'm also a Kyrie fan. It's not all on Ben Simmons. Like they, no. they're a terrible defensive team. Terrible. They are, and, and you can't expect one player to save your ass defensively. Like yeah, that's no. just not fucking possible. Um, he's actually been great on defense individually, but just as a team, there you can pick on him. Oh, you mean you mean when he's not fouling out? <laughs> he's being aggressive. He's being aggressive. <laughs> At least he's been much. aggressive about something. Yeah, you can say that much. He's been aggressive on the defensive end. So I mean, what what what's the bigger liability here? The lack of defense on the rest of the team, or the underperforming offense? I mean, is is Ben even underperforming offensively? No, 
No, offensively, Ben Simmons is doing exactly what he's been doing on his past teams and in the past. Yeah, he but he's also averaged like 15, 16 points a game on most of those teams. And yeah, but he's he's playing with KD and Kyrie now. He's playing with like legit scores where he doesn't have to score even more than he didn't have uh, to score in the past. All right, all right. So I would I would agree with you there if they were winning games, but they're not winning games. So if they're not winning games, he could score more. But they're so the reason they're not losing, the answer to that is not Ben Simmons score more. It's everybody play better defense. Ben Simmons has been the best defender on the team. They're just they're not getting stops. They're they have no flaws offensively, in my opinion. Like but, even but with this ben has Simmons been their there, identity. That's the thing is this this has been their identity is they have to outscore the other team. It's that's not the problem. That's the problem. But but Ben was not going to solve that by himself, and the rest of the team hasn't changed. So to me, the identity of the team still needs to be we have to outscore somebody, and their games are going to look like 140 to 130. I think their identity needs to change. I think they need to focus on defense because the scoring is going to come regardless. You got Kyrie and KD dropping 30 every single game. Like The scoring is going to come. They got Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Like They have a scoring shooting team which which to be fair like joe harris is coming back from an injury yes. and and has been out again I don't even, um I don't even seth, seth just played his first game did he oh yeah yeah i was gonna say i don't remember him playing yet so i i don't remember his line off the top of my head but yeah the, those will help however those are also players that don't really play defense seth curry was 0 for 5 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah 0 for 5 seth, uh, seth is not intimidating on defense yeah no um, he's like six one. Joe Harris gives the effort, but you know I'm, I, he's not making an, an all defense team. Um, so where does the defense come from? Players who historically have not played defense in their careers. Something something big that I notice is um, what's the guy that they let go of someone who now plays on the Nuggets who destroyed the Lakers by himself. Uh, what is his name? He played for the Nuggets. Oh, now he was on the uh, Nets last season. Let me see. Let me pull this up really quick. I'm He's drawing like a blank. Six 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 seven uh, guy. Wing. Yeah, his was it? Um, Brown. 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 Oh, Bruce Brown. Bruce oh, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go of Bruce Brown was a big loss for them. Well, they they thought they were up upgrading because I'm pretty sure in their mind that's that's kind of probably who Royce O'Neal replaced. Yeah, no, they, they definitely didn't upgrade. I can say that for sure. And their bench has ultimately zero, zero defense. Yeah. I Defense is this team's biggest flaw. Um, they have no issue scoring. Ben Simmons can't defend everybody by himself. So that that's the problem they're uh, going to go through all season, honestly, unless they make some big move. Well, and it also still to me goes back to the fact that even if they were all playing up to up to capability they can't beat the bucks oh no yeah no i think that's not even in a question anymore because i mean even in his career ben has never never been able to guard Giannis. yeah and and we saw the other night that he still can't guard Giannis. yeah some I mean, of nobody clips can guard were Giannis, insane but. how he was just bullying ben simmons <laughs> Yeah, and he called Ben too small. Yeah. Oh my god, that was that was great. It's like the dude's the same same height as you. But the thing is, is maybe maybe he was talking about Ben's confidence level. I don't know. <laughs> let me let me read the last like three games um, for Kyrie: thirty five points, 
Let me see. 30. Um, he had 39 against the Mavericks. Like, ever, the last four or five games, he's he's basically averaged, like, 31, 32 points. And they've lost it, like, every single one. I think they got one win out of there, but they've lost, like, every single game. Well, and, and KD's been putting up very comparable numbers. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, both you, of them. you know, if I don't watch the game and I check the stat line, it's, like, 33 and 33 yeah. apiece for them, and then they lose. So yeah. My point is Kyrie's playing out of his mind right now. KD's, I mean, KD's been KD, and they're still losing. It just tells you, like, the defense is just not there. Like, you don't lose to the Pacers. The Pacers are supposed to be tanking right now. And you know who played well in that game for the Pacers? Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. Yeah, <laughs> if I recall, Miles My- Turner had, like, 27 or something. Yeah, he had, like, a double-double with, like, five blocks or some shit. Um, Buddy Hill had, like, 19, eight rebounds and nine assists, a borderline triple-double. And I say that to say, Lakers, send those picks, please. Yeah, Russell, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the Pacers are going to be looking at a at a playing team, so maybe they don't want to sell. I don't say that, please, please don't say that. Hey, you don't know. But yeah, man. The, um, I mean, the I, Nets they need defense. Luca destroyed them by himself in that game. Dude, Luca destroys everybody by himself. Yeah, but against the Nets, it just looked like worse. <laughs> <laughs> it looked worse. It looked so. Just to give you like a rundown, I don't know if you watched the game. Um, Luca brings the ball up the court, calls for a, a, a screen, gets either Kyrie or Patty Mills or some small guard <laughs> on him, backs them down, either gets a turnaround uh, layup. Or he, they double him. He throws it out. Shooter uh, hits the three. That was the entire game. Yeah, but that's that's that every game, game with Luca. Yeah. Like that's literally his game. Man, it was it was just amazing. And nobody to see. can stop him. Yeah, it was just amazing to see though. Like Luca against Kyrie and Katie by himself. It was amazing to see. And yeah. Hey, I'm still I'm still on my uh, Luca MVP pick. That ain't going away that's anytime look, soon. That's looking good right now, honestly. It is, but you know you're you're. Your Embiid ain't looking so good, but your jaw is isn't looking yeah, so bad. My, my dark horse jaw is looking good. Embiid has let me down. Um, <laughs> You're not the only one he's let down. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Sixers overall don't look good right now. Well, and that's all right. So let's let's move on to the Sixers then, because I think I think we know the Nets ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Are the Sixers going anywhere? Man, um, they look average right now. There's not a lot of bright spots. Well, they have a few bright spots, but there's not a lot of bright spots right now. Tyrese Maxey, if we want to start out positive, Tyrese Maxey looks amazing. I, I want to say in the last game, he had 41 points. He um, Oh, he was. He was ridiculous. First half, he was like 7 for 7, 11 for 11 from the field. 7 for 7 from 3 and 11 for 11 from the field. So that game was crazy. Uh, James Harden actually looks like James Harden for the most part of these hang games. Hang on, hang on. At the beginning of the season, he did. The last few, he did not. The last few games, yes, but he, I'm not. I don't doubt him anymore. I, I wonder, like, how he's going to start out the season. How he's how what he was capable of. Still, he looks like he's still capable of dropping 25, 10, and 10 stuck games like that. Like he looks good. Embiid does not look good. He does not look like an MVP this year. Like last year, he was on another level. This year, I don't know. Well, and, and, you know, we, we've, we've talked about the offseason injury and that, you know, maybe he's not really in shape right now. But yeah. another thing, too, to me is, like, especially the first few games, I'm like, am I, am I watching the fucking Rockets? 
Yeah. It's just yeah. dribble guy dribble, dribbling. Dribble. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's why I say James Harden looks like James Harden. Yeah, but so in a team in which you're watching James Harden dribble for 40 minutes, where does Embiid fit in? Exactly. And I think that's where Doc Rivers was supposed to do something about this. He was supposed to implement some type of system to where they can both play together. But to me, it just looks like, all right, James Harden, you go and do your thing, and then Embiid, you go and do your thing. It doesn't they, look they're like they're taking turns. Yeah, they, they're not playing together at all, which... When does that work? It doesn't. And, I mean, Doc, I don't... I, Doc River gets a lot of criticism as a coach, and I think this is another example of, like, come on, man. Like, do your job. He's just so used to coaching stars. And from my perspective, he's so used to coaching stars and just letting them do whatever and carrying him that, like, I don't know. It's just not working. I think his only, like, successful coaching stint was probably the Clippers when they didn't have stars and they won a lot of games, made it very far in the playoffs. But when he has stars, it's, just, it's clear he doesn't know what to do with them. This is not a successful system. James Harden, me and James Harden dribbling, and then Embiid just dribbling as well. Like, it's, I don't know. They have too much talent on this team to not be better than this. Agreed. And I can, I can promise you the city of Philadelphia agrees, too. They have to. Three and four? You're telling me Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Embiid, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, they're three and four? It makes no sense. And, I mean, especially when you, you look at the fact that if they all play to potential, that's that's like a, a, a you know three to four all-star lineup. Dude, that's a good team. That's a good team. Like, there's no excuse for them to be three and four right now. There's no excuse. They didn't just put this team together. They added a couple, like, really good players to a team they had last year. But they have, they have been playing better in the last few games. So it, I think out of all of these, like, massively underperforming Sound the Alarm teams, they're the one that I might be the least concerned about. They're just, yeah, they're hovering around the middle. And I mean, they beat Toronto, which in my opinion, I mean, Toronto's not that good. They're there off a of hustle. They're not that good. And then Chicago was missing. Um, I'm pretty sure they were missing somebody. It might might have been uh, Levine. Well, they're they're oh, missing no, no. Lonzo still. Okay, yeah, never mind. I thought either DeRozan or Levine were out, but they both played. So I guess that's a legit win. But I don't know, man. They're they're letting me down for sure because I thought they were going to be one of the better teams in the East. I mean, if people remember from the first episode. I, and I agreed, um, because in theory they should be, definitely. But they're not, and it's uh, it is perplexing. But like I said, out of all of these underperforming teams, I do believe that they have the best chance to turn it around. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's literally just the way that they play that is unsuccessful right now. It's not the players. I don't believe the players are really letting us down. Embiid. I think he's going to play his way into form later in the season, but it's their system, man. You can't just iso ball. That, that's done. Iso ball is done. Like, be a team, get a system. The Warriors really created the blueprint of, of it, what wins right now, exactly. and, it, and it's team ball. Exactly. And, but, and it's defense. And, and I wouldn't put Sixers at the top of the list in defense. I also wouldn't put them at the bottom of the list in defense. I think sometimes maybe their bench defense is a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is enough there to compete, but, um, right. I want to, I want to drop, I just got done watching like the most 
nauseating New York Jets loss, and and I'm I'm kind of tired of talking about shit that sucks. So let's <laughs> let's let's not for a second. Um, dude, the Cavs look good. Oh man, Cavs look amazing. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I, I think they're on a four game win streak right now. They they have looked really good even without Darius Garland. That's what I'm surprised about. Cavs look amazing even without Darius Garland. Uh, shout out to Donovan Mitchell who is playing out of his mind. Um, shout out to Karis LeVert for that last game. They both dropped 41 each on the Celtics, which I, that game was amazing. I watched a lot of it. Um, just the team is so good, man. They all just play together. They have a system. And now adding a star, I don't know if you label him a star or a superstar, but adding an all-star in Donovan Mitchell just – it kind of just puts them like really high up. So I mean, I I need I owe Donovan Mitchell an apology because before the season started, I said that yes, he is a great player. Yes, I would consider him even before the season a quote unquote star, not a superstar. And I said that all he really brought was scoring. I was extremely wrong. <laughs> the dudes like doubled his, and, and yes, the sample size is still small. And also, I think some of this might be a little. Um, I don't. I don't want to use the word inflated, but that's really the only thing coming to me right now. Um, he's he's doubled like his assists per game. Like he's shown more playmaking ability on a consistent night to night basis than I've ever seen from him. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely stepped up. He's kind of take what I thought was going to happen was Darius Garland would, you know, um, take over the playmaking duties and Donovan Mitchell would just score. But it seems like Donovan Mitchell has just been both of them for the better part of the beginning of the season. Well, and and I, I really have to, I think, credit that to the coaching because yeah, yeah. he was not void of options in Utah. Not at all. So, you know, to me, this this is all scheme that that – it's how he's being used and he's rising to the occasion and it's really impressive and, you know, good for him. Like, I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, I, yes, there was all the Knicks, you know, possibilities and, and you, at this point we'll never know. And it, it kind of doesn't even matter, but, um, it's good to see good players get what they deserve. Yeah. And even, even on his bad nights, like, I think he had a um, really tough game against Orlando. He did have a dud the other night. Yeah, it was against Orlando. He went 5 for 19, and they still win the game like pretty easily, in my opinion. And it, he found other ways to be yeah, effective. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. He, but he also he found other ways to be effective. Eight assists that game. So he's just he's playing, man. Like he's, he's playing into the system. He's being the best player on the team, and he's making the right decisions. I love it. He's also still scoring. Like I said, he's, he still gave them uh, the Celtics 41. So I it's, keep putting it, emphasis on that because that's not easy. N- yeah, well, I mean, this is this is a, a league of grown men. Yeah. Um, and I, I really think that it's unlocked a lot of the rest of the team. And, and here's the crazy thing. Like, there are some guys that we're still kind of waiting on. Like, Evan Mobley is phenomenal, but he I feel like he hasn't even been unlocked yet this season. He hasn't. I mean, he had a uh, double double, nineteen and ten last game, but yeah, no, he's Evan. We're all waiting for Evan Mobley, honestly. 
defensively he's still been solid yeah but you know offensively like he's he's yet to break out this year i think he will um i don't even think they need him to right now like they i said this in the first episode like they have so many options and they're still growing and and no darius garland yeah it's 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 insane uh this team has a bright future and it might be sooner than we think it might be and and you know another team that that to 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 keep on the upswing here the hawks are looking good ah man i said it last episode my see my my young teams that i picked they're looking good they the are. sixers let me down with the the Cavs and the, the hawks they're looking good man i i think my reservation with the hawks was sometimes you put two good players together and it just doesn't work like you think it would or you know, another example of this w- would be like the T Wolves. Of you just don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. And man, Dejounte Murray on that team, it changes Trey's game. Man. man, he doesn't have to be the primary playmaker. It also makes up for the fact that he's a revolving door on defense. Like, let's face it, Trey yeah, no, might as well not even defend. <laughs> but Dejounte Murray is an elite defender. Man, the the way those two work together is kind of flawless, and I hope there wasn't a lot of people that didn't think this was going to work because I, I kind of seen from the beginning it was going to work. As long as their role players bought into their roles, like those two are going to be unstoppable. I think the, the only teams they're really going to struggle with are like really big teams, i.e. the Bucks. Um, I I think they I think that might be the only really big team in the east that they have to worry about philly's big but i not really they ain't playing big <laughs> yeah not really i mean they got mb but everybody else is kind of like an average average size they might they might go at it with the Cavs as well the Cavs aren't big up front but once you get past those two you gotta you're going against like twin towers so i i do think that it's a perfect backcourt to exemplify like a uh a modern NBA backcourt because we've moved into such positionless basketball that it's almost a positionless backcourt where like they're both primary playmakers. Their numbers look very similar on, on a night in night out basis, minus the fact that, you know, Trey's just too damn small to get rebounds. (laughs) Um, But like, it's a positionless backcourt. Like there is no one guard. There is no two guard almost yeah it's just scoring guard and point guard really yeah um so i i think that you know it's it's a really it's a really fun backcourt to watch and i really think that it is a prime example of the future of what backcourts are are looking like yeah i agree with that i mean we're we're gonna kind of see something similar with uh donovan mitchell and um darius garland as well once he comes back Darius Garland is going to be responsible for the playmaking duties and Donovan Mitchell is just going to be scoring, but they could also flip that and take turns with it. So it's, I, I think the league now is just purely about versatility. All right. You know what? Let's, uh, let's take a quick break here. We'll, right. we'll be back here in a second. Back here, downtown dimes with Duke and Sean. Yo, yo. So bucks, man. Only undefeated team left in the NBA as of this moment. Uh, not surprised at all. I mean, the Bucks are a well-oiled machine. 
lead it by the best player in the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Sounded good enough to me. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I'm not surprised at all. Like, Giannis is the best player in the league. Um, and no Chris Middleton. No Chris Middleton. And, like, they have a machine, man. It doesn't even matter. They they just have a, a solid team. They can play big with the bigs. They can play small with the smalls. They can play the in-between. Like, they really don't have any flaws. They've been drafting well. Like, yes. Grayson Allen, you know, I think is actually a, a very under-talked-about bench player in the league. Yeah, I, they got him from the Jazz, right? I mean, I, I, the last time I seen him play in a different jersey, I think it was on the Jazz a couple years ago. But, yeah, like, they really don't have any weaknesses other than, I, I guess you could say, health, <laughs> which is every team's weakness. But they really don't have any weaknesses, man. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, uh, to me, I just don't understand how anybody can cannot say Giannis is the best player in the league because he puts up the same offensive numbers. You know, you're, you're talking about Kyrie and he, him going out of his mind but yet he offers absolutely nothing on the other end. Yeah. Whereas Giannis is a beast on both ends, all NBA, all defense, defensive player of the year, MVP. It's all on the table for him every single year. And he's actually getting better this year. I mean, I don't know if you've been noticing, he's taking he's taking a lot more threes and he's hitting at least one every game. He, he has been taking a lot more threes and they've been decent you know, been good for looks. the most part, decent. However, he he kept shooting threes against the Knicks, and they were horrible <laughs> bricks, dude. I think he went like one for six, right? Or something oh, like that. Dude, and it was it was it was not a good look. But what I will say is, like, the Knicks were defending him, so it's it's showing that he's getting that respect. Exactly, yeah, he's getting that respect. So even even if he's having a bad game shooting from three, the fact that he's shooting more and more of them are going down, teams are already respecting it. I, w- I want to read his last three stats from the uh, last three games. So against the Hawks, 34 and 17 rebounds, one for one from three. Against the Knicks, uh, 30 points, 14 rebounds, nine assists, one for six from three. Um, against the Nets, which this was a crazy game. I don't know if you got to watch this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 43 points, 14 rebounds, one for four from three. All three of those games, he took less than 25 shots. He took 25 or a, a, a less than 25 shots. That's insane. His efficiency is through the roof. I, I think a reporter told him yesterday, his last four games, those have been the, that's been the best scoring stretch of his career. That's insane. That's He's insane. been getting to the line a lot, and his yeah. free throw uh, percentage has, has been looking respectable. Oh, man. Can we also potentially call him the best rebounder in the league? We can. We can. 100%. I mean, I think he has competition with uh, Jokic, but... Uh, and Gobert. To me, those yeah, are the yeah, only Jokic two Gobert, that yeah. you could possibly say, maybe. Yeah. But he he may be... You know what the difference is? He's a he's a forward. <laughs> he's Those a guys fo- are center. <laughs> yeah, and and he's dropping thirty five plus points a night. Yeah. So yeah, there's a couple differences there. <laughs> yeah, Giannis is the best player in the league, and it's not close. There's nothing really bad you can say about this team. Um, I I I think they're finals driven. You kind of just got to pencil them into the finals at this point. As long as they're healthy, um, I don't think I picked them to make the finals because I'm 
a dumbass, but they're they're <laughs> definitely you gotta you kind of gotta pencil them in. I'm just gonna remind you that you picked the Nets. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, that was just me being like super super. That, honestly, I think that's just what I want. That's that, just that's, not happening. Yeah, that's, just, that's, a, that's a hot take call. I had the Lakers on the other side, both of the worst teams in the league right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you pick teams that are combined one in ten right now. I think I jinxed both teams. I'm bad luck. LaShawn is bad luck. Nah, Whatever I, I pick, don't. You know, I, I think uh, I think letting LeBron play GM is what jinxed the team, but we'll get to that. Oh, um, I don't want to have to defend But I, I do think that the Bucks are literally just going to walk into the finals. You know, as, as long as Giannis stays healthy, that's really the only question because I, I think that, I mean, dude, they're undefeated without Chris Middleton. Yeah. I still think they need Chris Middleton though. In the, in the playoffs, in the playoffs yes. yeah, yeah. But like if he's, if he's shaky and they need to give him, you know, management during the season, so be it. Yeah. He was actually supposed to come back last game, I believe, or maybe two games ago, but they, someone else got injured and they're like, you know what, let's just, let's not even take the chance. Like why rush when you're undefeated? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let him get as much rest as possible. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you need to push that issue and i think that when it comes time to the playoffs and they're both playing it's just game over yeah man. they they look good i mean it's not it's not much else to say uh just another east coast team that just looks amazing east uh, man yeah fucking east east look good um now if we the bucks are the number one seed in the east right now obviously super early the blazers are the number one seed in the west I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe in their team. I th- I think we go through this every every year with somebody like uh, Dame and Anthony Simons are they're great together. But it's the same as like Dame and CJ. You know who's weirdly like unlocked that team? Josh fucking Hart. Oh yeah, that was a big pickup for them. Super jealous. Super smart basketball. Fills the entire stat line. He's not going to score 30 every night. But, like, if he gets you five steals and three blocks, that's a really productive night. We're gonna, we should have another topic about this one day where we can spend more time on it. But Draymond really set the tone for, like, the perfect role players. Those six, 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 seven guys who just do everything. Like, you need those guys on your team to win a championship. And Draymond set the tone for that. Josh Hart is like six six, getting blocks and rebounds. Like he's he's completely playing out of his size and position, and it just works. The same thing with Bruce Brown. Uh, so you got like Draymond, Bruce Brown, Josh Hart, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure there's some others out there. I just can't think of the names right now. But those six 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 seven guys, utility guys, they're they're amazing. You need those on your team to win a chip. And I I think that's really the only. The only way I can describe how Josh Hart is playing is yeah. that he's playing winning basketball. Yes. Yep. Winning basketball. And Dame is out of his mind. Dame. Yep. Dame is Dame. Dame is Dame. And yeah. I, I think a big part of it too is he's healthy this year. Yeah. You know I that mean, that was a big issue with last year. Even when he was playing, he wasn't fully healthy. Then he was still, you know, quite good. But we're seeing a, a, a healthy Dame this year. Um, yeah. He has another partner in crime too. Anthony or Anthony Simons looks really good. He does. He keeps having these like explosive quarters where he drops like ten to twelve in one quarter, hits like five threes or some crazy wild stat. Like he's been good, but I just it's the Trailblazers, man. 
it's Dame and a co-star and a decent team. Um, they'll they'll be good in a regular season. I think they fizzle out at some point in the season. I could be wrong. I'm open to being wrong, but they're not doing anything in the playoffs. Dame just doesn't have have enough. And I mean, I don't I don't think anybody would argue with me against with that. My 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 gut is to agree. Um, I I do think that they'll filter down a bit in in the standings for sure. Like I don't see them uh, as as a as a one seed. But like if they if they play well enough basketball and end up four seed, I wouldn't be shocked either. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be shocked about that. Um, I think that how important Dame is to that team, he'll need to be paced if they want postseason contribution. Yeah. But, I, I think the, the tale of this team is always just going to be Dame doesn't have enough. Dame is amazing, but he doesn't have enough. He doesn't have enough. But the thing is, is if we make it to the trade deadline and they're still like the three seed, you got to think that they're going to do something. Yeah. But what do they have? Like, I don't know. I don't know what assets I'm, they really future have. Future picks. Yeah. You know, everybody wants picks. Everybody wants unprotected picks. Um, I would imagine Anthony Simons has a lot of value on the market, but I don't know. I yeah, don't know. but yeah, I don't think you can get rid of him to... And and improve the team at the same time, unless it's like an absolute superstar. blockbuster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it had to be a superstar. And yeah. I, I don't even know what superstars, you know, trying to predict KD, you know, but is, is that even enough for KD? I don't know. I don't know. Looking at what Rudy Gobert went for, I don't know what like the trademark. I, I don't know. You what can't count value. Ainge because the dude's literally just delusional. Yeah, and just... and the T Wolves were dumb enough to go along with his delusions <laughs> yeah, it's, the market's crazy i don't know but yeah dame they, they look good they look good jeremy grant looks good josh hart looks good they have a decent team i just at the end of the day we know dame doesn't have enough you can't win a championship with one superstar no you can't um but i i think that if if they are still in this position Come the deadline, they'll have to add another superstar, and and I really do think that, especially with how bad they're playing. Yeah. And also, let me take back what I said because Steph Curry just won a championship as the only superstar, or basically all star on the team. Well, no, yeah, but it's Andrew team Wiggins, basketball. But yeah, um, yeah, Wiggins played out of his mind. But uh, you know how how bad they were playing the Nets in particular. Like, imagine KD on that team. Imagine Dame with KD. Yeah, that yeah, that's a championship team right there. So yeah, yeah. but that's that's two superstars. Yeah, so we'll 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 see how that plays out. Um, I so obviously the the Blazers are a bit of a question mark. Of they're good, but are they good enough? Are the Jazz for real? Ah oh, man, this is tough. Um, the Jazz are not real. But they are good and fun to watch. I've watched maybe one game. Um, I've watched a lot of highlights from them. They look fun, but they're not real, man. Like, Laurie Marketing's like their best player right now. Um, or Jordan Clarkson. Or Jordan Car- Clarkson. I don't. I think he's coming off the bench still. He uh, he's been starting quite a bit. I don't yeah, know if he's he started all, every yeah. game, but yeah, I, I don't think the I don't think the Jazz are real. 
I don't think so either. And I think Ainge is is sweating hard and and really thinking about you know how quickly can I blow this team up? Yeah, I think halfway through the season, half that team is gone. They have more picks. They have more young players. Um, I don't think Jordan Clarkson will be there the entire year. Although I think a report came out saying that he doesn't want to trade Jordan Clarkson. Um, Rudy Gay will be gone. Mike Conley will be gone. Like, I just I don't see it. There, it's not real. They're starting out good, good start, but dude, free Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, <laughs> if if you're gonna get rid of everything else around him, that guy deserves better. Yeah, he's a he should be on a winning team. So you're saying he shouldn't be on the Lakers? <laughs> I actually don't want any more guards on the Lakers. Please keep guards away from my team. <laughs> Please. <laughs> he's a bit of a bigger guard. I mean, you're, we're not talking a six-one guy here. Yeah, but man, we don't need any more guards, man. We have enough. We need we need big big players. Lagarde. Yeah. <laughs> Lagarde. Well, yeah, man. Let's uh let's get to some of these individual performances. I mean, to me, the individual performance that needs to be talked about is Luka Doncic. Oh man. Well, before before we get to that, who do we have like MVP right now? Aside from who we picked, Luka Doncic. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I say it's either Luka or Giannis. Giannis probably not going to even be in it right now just because of narratives, but Luka looks amazing. He's destroying teams by himself in a very skillful way. I'm telling you, what I said last time of he gives me LeBron put the team on my back, specifically the Cavs, and just carry the whole goddamn team. He he's really the only one that I've seen do it to that same level lately. Yeah, I I'm, I definitely would agree with that. I'm seeing it after watching these five or six games that they've played. Luca's doing everything. I mean, he's he's having forty point triple doubles. Like it's it is yeah. insane what it's that insane. kid's capable of. It's um, like no matter who's on the other side of the court, it's him against them. Like he has a good. I mean, he has some knockdown shooters around him, but he's doing everything. He's literally doing everything. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to who's going to get the MVP, I still think it's going to come down to seeding. I think that if the Mavs are a top four seed, it should be Luka. Yeah. But if if we're looking at a 6-7 seed with the Mavs and the Bucks are the one seed, it'll probably end up being Giannis. Yeah. I want Giannis to get another one just because I don't want to. Like, he's, LeBron got robbed of a lot of MVPs back in the day. I don't think we should do that to Giannis. Like, I, I, I agree. I agree, but dude, Luca needs one too. Like Giannis already has one. Yeah, Luca. Yeah, yeah. Luca needs one. No, Luca does need one, but he also needs to be in that. Like you said, he needs to be in that top. I think he needs to have a top three seed to get the MVP. Honestly, and with as bad as the West is, that's entirely possible. Yeah. However, and and you know how I feel about this, I have extreme doubts about the rest of that team. You're not wrong to have those doubts. Um, the only bright spot I really see on the team right now is Spencer Dinwiddie has some good uh, good nights, and Christian Wood off the bench has been who should not good. be off the fucking bench. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Christian Jason Wood should Kidd be uh, wants yeah, to do it, but 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 he should be starting over Finney Smith. Like to me, that's no question. Yeah, he, he looks good though. Like regardless if he's coming off the bench or starting, he looks good. Um, He's and and they like, still have Tim Hardaway off the bench. Yeah, I like Tim Hardaway. Um, I don't know what they need, but they definitely need more. I don't know what they need, though. 
I mean, this is a superstar league. They need another superstar. Yeah. yeah. Luca's their only superstar. However, I, I will... I'm going to pose this because I honestly don't even know the answer and, and how I feel about this, but Luca is so ball dominant. Who what, could play with him? It, yeah. yeah. That, that's my question is like, what, who would be the best fit for him with how ball dominant he is? Oh man, that's tough. What superstar do we know that like plays off the, I guess you can always just go back to KD. He kind of fits with everybody. Yeah. And then you start to look at like KD archetype players of, of, you know, Brandon Ingram, but, but the Pels ain't selling. So it doesn't really matter. Um, I think Devin Booker would play really good with uh, Luca. Luca and Devin Booker would be crazy. That would be pretty nuts. And dude, that would be a big guard combo. Yeah, that would yeah. I so there there are some superstars out there that could play with them. But all right, but, but let, let's exactly. That's my thing. <laughs> That's like story. who who could be All right, I actually do have one. Is as much as it breaks my heart to even say SGA. SGA and Luca uh, I think Luca. Uh, I mean, uh, SGA can play off ball very well. I was gonna say he can, but SGA is so much better with the ball in his hands. He is, he is. But I mean, m- most superstars are yeah, in general. Yeah. So at this point, you're looking at complementary basketball on the team. So um, SGA is not like for all. His, I mean, he's he's a really good player, and for all his uh, good the good things about him, he's not really a great three point shooter. I I think. I don't think him and Luca would work that. I mean, they would work because they're both just really good. But I don't think they, I don't think it puts them over the top. I think you got to give Luca somebody like a Bradley Beal or a Jason Tatum or, um, even or a Dame. A, yeah, oh yeah, that just that would be stupid. But yeah, like somebody who can play who can play really really good off the ball. Who's a superstar off the ball? There's a lot of superstars on the ball. There's not a lot of superstars off the ball. And and I do think that he would need like a a, a strong defense. Yeah. Yep. With him as well, you know, like like a like a vintage clay. Yeah. Yeah, man. That that would be that'd be something. I don't know how the Mavs get that for him. I don't know what assets they have, but they definitely got to do something because just like with any other superstar, time's running out. <laughs> well, and and how how much time do they have before Luca wants out? Exactly uh, before he starts to believe that hey, they can't build a team around me. I am the best player in the league. You know, we say that to be honest, but I, I'm I'm gonna say I don't think Luca's far behind him. Uh, man, that was tough. Uh, he doesn't play the defense, yeah, which I will I gonna, say. Yeah. but I would say that maybe some of his overall playmaking offsets that a little bit. I could agree with that. And his shot making ability. I mean, some of the shots that Luca takes, Giannis could never do. He just has that serendipitous skill of just like, I, I'm my back's to the basket. I literally don't even know where I am on the court. I'm just going to throw the ball in the air, and somehow it ends up in yeah, the basket. Yeah, I mean, Giannis isn't hitting step back threes. Luca offensively is just it's magic. Luca magic. Like it he is. Can, he can score from anywhere on the court. He takes advantage of any small guard on the court, like. The way they create mismatch or yeah, mismatches on the court is just—it's kind of beautiful sometimes. Like you just know it's going to happen every single play. Like Luca's hunting anybody who he knows he can pick on, and then once you double, kicks it out to a shooter. You've made a mistake. You just got to live with either either they're making shots or Luca's making shots. Like 
you're, you're stuck in a, a tough, tough spot either way. So, Are there any other uh, individual performances that are surprising you in a good way? Uh, I mean, we can talk. We, we kind of covered a little bit. We can talk about SGA. I mean, he's been on a tear. Um, yeah, SGA has. It, it, I, I definitely want to talk about him when I talk about the Knicks for, for <laughs> spoiler-free reasons. Um, I think that some of the, some of the surprising in a good way performances for me are, are actually going to be who I think to be the two top rookies right now. Um, Paolo has played great and, uh, Benedict Matherin has played phenomenal as well. And I think that, you know, we said that Paolo is going to easily walk away with rookie of the year. And while I would definitely say he has a pretty healthy lead early on that, Matherin has looked quite good. Yeah, man. Um, Paulo's definitely look good. He's living up to the hype. Um, man, the the NBA is so political. I just I don't see anybody else winning it except Paulo. Just because he's playing so good and he has the name, it's kind of it's gonna be hard to give it to somebody else. I I do agree, and you know, I, honestly, probably my favorite part about him is is his physicality. Like a lot of these rookies need time to get strong and and play with big guys um you know you look at chet and his slight frame and wonder i mean how did he hurt himself yeah who was he guarding yeah, yeah. you know if you're guarding lebron and you're built like that you're gonna get hurt i think it's just yeah 100 common sense um imagine him trying to guard Giannis. Yeah. Or Zion. Not happening. <laughs> but like Paolo's already a bit thicker, you know, and, and more muscular. And I think that's part of his success is he's a very physical player and he knows how to use those physical tools. And as far as his physicality goes, he actually does remind me a little bit of LeBron, not from the playmaking side. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the kid's going to be LeBron, yeah. but like just his physical domination and and how he's able to use that so early in his career it kind of reminds me of that yeah and i think i think what really stands out to me with him is um anytime a young player can come into the league put up big numbers and be efficient i think that's always a good sign like a lot of times we'll see a young player come in he's jacking up like 30 shots a game only making like 10 uh 12 12 of them uh, Apollo's actually really efficient. Like he's getting from the three, from the two. Like and he's getting to the line. He's yeah. getting to the line already, which is, I, I think that's one. If you look at a lot of these players, even Giannis, mm -hmm. like I think one of the biggest things to unlock in the league when you get to it is figuring out how to get to the line. Yep. You look at James Harden's dominance at the line over the years. Like imagine if Harden wasn't getting to the line. Yeah. You know, and and I think that, I mean, that's one of my biggest critiques about pretty much everybody on the Knicks is nobody knows how to get to the line consistently. And in a lot of instances, that's a free 10 points right there. Um, so I, I think that there's there's a lot of a lot of things that are looking up about Paolo's game and how it will translate into his future in the NBA. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely going to be a, a really good player. Um just to just to switch it up just a little bit, how do you feel about <laughs> how do we feel about the Clippers? They're on a four game losing streak. 
Kawhi is still coming off the bench and or not playing. It's yeah, very, mostly not playing. Very early in the season for him to not be playing games completely. I know. And there's a little bit of concern there. Paul George has been very up and down. Paul George has been terrible. <laughs> um, he's had a good game here and there. I think but he yeah, had one good game. He's, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe they lost to the... They're they're definitely being careful with John Wall. Although John Wall at his at, has had moments where he's looked really good. John actually. Wall has looked good, in my opinion. He did this one like under the hoop like layup that just looked so beautiful. It looked vintage. Uh, it looked vintage, John Wall. Um, but he's still not starting. He's still coming off the bench. Yeah, they lost to the Thunder twice, I believe. SGA cooked them twice. Well, and and I think that that is a big thing about not having Kawhi because who who's going to guard a player like that normally if let's say that you're in the postseason let's say that he's healthy that's going to be who Kawhi is guarding and we all know how good Kawhi is defensively yeah so I think that I think that the Clippers are the team that we think they are but the players that make them that team are not putting in the minutes right now yeah, man, it's it's tough. And I'm I'm looking now, they actually just lost to the Pelicans without Zion. Uh did BI play? No, BI I think is still out with the concussion. Oh no, Zion did play. Yeah, Zion's back, but BI I think is still out with the concussion. Zion with twenty one and twelve, seven assists. Yeah, they so they just lost to the Pelicans. Um I think that puts them at a five game losing streak. Does that make them two and five at this point now? Two and five. Man, this season's pretty. This season's weird, man. <laughs> it is, and I this really weird. actually no. I think that makes them two and four. Oh, they're two and four. Okay. okay. Yeah. My bad. But um, yeah, they're not. I don't know. Like I, I had them winning a lot of games because I just thought that they were a very deep team. I thought that they were a very well-rounded team. Yeah. But again, like the things that make them that are not being utilized right now. I mean, Reggie Jackson is still starting at point guard, is he not? I think he is. Yeah, he should be. Um and I don't see why John Wall can't. I I don't the dude didn't play basketball for like 2 years. Why the hell are you limiting his minutes? Yeah, I don't understand it, man. Um I know the the knee injury has always been serious since the Spurs, but I don't know. Maybe it's just been getting worse. But if he doesn't, but that's the thing is he doesn't need to be the number one option. He doesn't need to drive to the basket. He can be the playmaker, and he is a phenomenal playmaker when he does so. Yeah, it's tough, man. The Clippers are in a tough spot. This is the year that they have to win. Everybody said this is the best Clippers team. It doesn't look like it right now. I picked them to be one of the best because of their depth, and it's not there. So I don't know, man. But I, tough spot. So, I mean, we're, we were talking about teams that we're kind of already panicking about you know, as the Lakers and the Nets and whatnot. I actually do think that it is slightly too early to panic about the Clippers. I think that it's time to to look at them a little bit, but I don't know that it's panic time. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's panic time. I just think it's super concerning that Kawhi is missing full games this early in the season. Like coming off the bench and playing 15 minutes, I understand. But missing games entirely in a season just started concerns me. Because that just says like, yo, this is real. And they're, yeah. they're, they're losing. Well, it says that they're concerned, yeah. basically. And they're losing. And Paul George doesn't look great. He looks a bit slower than he did in past years. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. This maybe I don't know. 
team's not they don't look good right now they don't look like the best team in the west i don't know how you just low manage the entire season and then get to being the best in the west so uh good luck to them it's early there's a lot of basketball to play Very early yeah you know so it it could turn around like i said i don't think it's panic time but i do think it's time to the quiet thing is the biggest head scratcher to me yeah and they're 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 resting him against good or tear like or quote unquote bad teams. So imagine when their schedule gets tougher. Do they win those games? And he has a tough defensive assignment. And then I I don't know. We'll see. Um all right, this is this is the moment that I've been waiting for this entire time. I am going to relinquish the microphone <laughs> and let this man get his feelings out about this Lakers squad. Man, where do I start? Where do I start? We're 0-5 right now. Um, We are literally the worst team in the league. It it, it pains me to say that LeBron James is on the worst team in the league. It doesn't even make sense. Like, I can't even finish that sentence. LeBron James is on the worst team in the league. And then I can go further. LeBron James... Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are on the worst team in the league. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense at all. Um, Russell Westbrook has been like this roller coaster, and the highs aren't really high. It's just like you know, like a baby roller coaster. Like you're going up and then you're going down. Like it's it's been terrible, man. Like it's it's been terrible to watch. It's embarrassing as a, a Lakers LeBron fan. It's super embarrassing. Um, Anthony Davis is hurt again with a new injury this time. He has lower back soreness. I I seen a play where like he went up for a rebound or no, he went up to dunk the ball, came down and started holding his back and grimacing. That was like super concerning. Um the Nuggets game really stood out to me. They would the Nuggets would get the rebound and Jokic would sprint up the court. And he's making it down the court faster than Anthony Davis. Now think about who I just said. Jokic was outrunning Anthony Davis. Man, like LeBron's jacking up threes, which I I'm not I'm not really mad at just because he all he does this every season. He he's gonna start shooting well. LeBron always starts out the season shooting terrible. If you're a LeBron fan or you pay attention to him, you know this happens every season. He starts off shooting bad, people complain. He works his way back in the form, and then he looks like a sniper. It's, it happens. The same thing happens every year. Um, but he's been he's been okay. He's been kind of like disengaged defensively, even though they do have the top. I think they have a top five defense in the league right now. So there, there's a, there's some really small bright spots in this season. But do they have a top five defense, or do teams just not need to score <laughs> that much to beat them? <laughs> no, they ha- they have a top five defense. I. Watching the games, they they look good. Defensively, they look good. There there's some bright spots in this team to where you trade Westbrook for Buddy Hield and for Miles Turner, and you you have a good team in there. You have a good team in there. This team cannot fucking score. That's the problem. They can't score. If LeBron and, and Westbrook or Anthony Davis aren't scoring, they're gonna lose the game. And it just it sucks to watch, man. We're wait, they're wasting another year of LeBron. They're wasting another year of Anthony Davis. Um, just recently, they finally decided to bring Russ off the bench. He played well. 
He played really good off the bench. They still lost the game, of course, but Westbrook leading that second unit, which I, I've been preaching this like since he first joined the team, like since we first saw that it wasn't going to work because you can't have two ball-dominant players playing next to each other. LeBron and Russ cannot share the court together. It just doesn't work. Maybe in, in crunch time, but it just doesn't work. You you put Russ on the bench and let him lead that second unit, I think we look amazing. The only problem is in the past, like Russ has had shooters around him. This team has no shooters, like none at all. Like I think our best shooter is LeBron, which is not good. So the the team, we suck. We have good defense. Um, it's embarrassing because we still haven't won a game. I think even as of last night, the Kings beat the Heat, and they're no longer uh, – they actually have a win now. The Kings have a win before the Lakers. Orlando Magic has a win before the Lakers. Uh, the Jazz have, like, three more wins than the Lakers. Uh, who else? The Thunder have more wins than the like everyone has more wins than the Lakers. It makes no sense, and we can't even tank because our pick goes to the uh, what's the team? Um, the Pelicans. The Pelicans. Yeah, we can't we can't even tank because our picks go to the another team. Like we're in the worst spot in the league, dude. I can't like. Can you imagine in a theoretical sense that the Lakers end up getting the number one pick in the lotto in? Going to the Pelicans for Wembenyama. Yeah, it would just be insane. Like, I, it's just there I, would be riots. Yeah, and like a um, report came out from the the front office saying like, oh, they're gonna wait twenty to twenty five games before they trade Russ. And I'm just like, what? Like, do you do you not understand? We don't have a win right now. We could be we could be like three and fifteen, six three and seventeen by the time it's time to trade Russ. And then what? Like we're in such a hole that it doesn't even make sense to go for the trade. Like we're gonna, the season's done at that point. So I don't understand what they're doing. I think the play was either trade Russ before the season started, give up those picks, or like we're just gonna witness like one of the worst Lakers seasons in NBA history. But I, I honestly don't don't think that the Lakers are going to be willing to do what it takes because I I honestly think that. Russ isn't the only person you need to trade. I think that AD will never be the AD, even that we, I mean, let, peak AD was Pelicans. Yeah. yeah. That, that was the best basketball he's ever played in his career and ever will play in his career. And then after that, you had bubble AD. I don't think we'll even see bubble AD ever again. I do think you should very seriously consider trading Anthony Davis. I've seen that come across a lot lately. Um, Man, because he still has value. People are still going to buy into what he's been. Yeah, and and to start the season, like he was amazing. He was cover. He covers up so much defensively. Like, because I mean, obviously, we got a whole bunch of guards on our team, so he just has to worry about protecting the paint the entire game. He covers up so much, and I I think like having to cover up so much and do so much is putting a a strain on his body on top of like previous injuries that. You can't wait 20 games to get him some help. You can't tell me that, like, inputting Buddy Hield and Miles Turner into this lineup doesn't, like, relieve everybody. It slots everyone back into their right positions. It gives us shooting. It gives us more pain protection. AD, AD can be a four if we have Miles Turner. 
Like, AD does not want to play the five the entire season, and we see why. I saw a play against the Nuggets where, like, AD goes up for a rebound and Jokic kind of elbows him in the back, and, like, he's kind of done for, like, physically he's done for the rest of the game. He stayed in the game, but he was done for the rest of the game. Just off an elbow from uh, Jokic, which the refs didn't catch, by the way. (laughs) Kind of sucks, but, like, we need help. We need size and we need shooting. I don't understand, like, I I just don't understand it, man. I don't understand the waiting Unless you truly believe, or unless you don't want to compete and you truly believe, like, this AD LeBron thing is is over with, then I guess I understand keeping the picks. But when have the Lakers, like, the Lakers are going to trade those picks one day anyway. Like, come on. I, I do think that moves will be made because, I mean, if it, it's been very evident that, I mean, LeBron appears to make more decisions than Palenka does. I actually disagree with that. Because if LeBron's truly the GM, why is Russ still on the team? Why didn't Ty Lue get the coaching job? Like, there's a lot of things out there that say, like, LeBron actually doesn't have control. Well, you know what? I don't think it matters who has control because whoever it is sucks at yeah. it. Uh, and I don't think that the other person is going to be much better anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, Rob Palenka, I don't know, man. He's he's not a good GM at all. He's just not a good GM. I Out of all of the Westbrook, trades that i've seen floated around there i do really only think that the the healed turner one is the one that makes you a contender yeah hill turner makes us a contender the spurs trade gives us more flexibility to bring in more players we get a couple shooters and then we also get money to be able to bring in somebody else um i haven't liked kendrick nunn since the preseason i'm open to him being traded at this point uh Another thing that sucks is, like, not only do we suck, but we also got hit with the injury bug really early. We lost Thomas Bryant. We lost Dennis Schroeder, who was who's going to be good for us. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's hard to not laugh at that statement. Yeah, I know. That, that whole thing was stupid. But, yeah, we. I mean, we even we lost players in the beginning. Juan Toscano-Anderson has been playing good as a role player. But, I mean, we lost him. To, I think he has, like, an ankle sprain or something. Don't know if he plays tonight or not. Reeves uh, has been playing well. Reeves has been good. Um, it's just, man, it's tough, man. This, it's tough. We we got to, they got to make the trade. You, at this point, you but, either. And that's the only trade, you know. I mean, do you really think that the, uh, the, the Clarkson-Beasley trade would make you a contender? No. No. Um, it gives us more shooting for sure. Like at this point, actually at this point, any trade makes us better because our defense is top five. If you give us shooters with a top five defense, we're going to be better naturally. It's just we we don't have shooting. Like the offense is good until we need to start making shots because we don't make shots. Like any trade makes us good. The the um the Pacers trade makes us a contender. Um, but other than that, it's they just have to do something. Like you have to do something. Even even now, like it just doesn't make sense, man. Like you either you're either gonna give up those two picks, or you should just trade LeBron and AD at this point because you're you're punting this season. Who knows what LeBron looks like next season? Who knows what AD looks like next season? Well, you you just extended LeBron, so I I don't I don't really think that that's even really on the table. Yeah. I I think that the the real question is you know do you even think that this season is salvageable? And and if not, do you wait for, you know, I, I know that you're not going to be able to give Kyrie a max next year. 
or, or whatever that, that money works out to be. Uh, if I recall, it's not a max. It's like in the 30s is what he'd, he'd be able to get. Um, but the other question is, you know, has Kyrie damaged himself in the public image wise? And, you know, he, he even admitted in the one press conference that the offers for him weren't more or less what they could have been because people question his commitment. Yeah. And, you know, will that lower the value enough to, to make him, a, you know, the the option for your shooter? No. But but so, is is even that enough? No. So so what the league has shown us, I mean, man, there's such a larger conversation that needs to be had about the NBA and this front office in general. But the league has shown us that it's not about getting like the most superstars on your team. It's about having one to two superstars and building around them with good NBA players. If we go out and use all of our space on Kyrie, the rest of the team is just going to be one year uh mid-level exception deals like like that doesn't work anymore we we see it does not work anymore you need two good players and to build around them we need to use that money that we're gonna have to build a solid team and not just three superstars if one of them goes down our team sucks well we just and, went and that's this. that's the warriors the net, blueprint the nets just went through this like we see it does not work you have to build a team around two players you can't spend all your money on three players and then just fill it with like a bunch of players who don't even belong in a rotation it doesn't work if you if you really look at you know the teams that are having success in the postseason right now you look at the warriors that's how they're built yeah you look at the bucks that's how they're built you look at the celtics that's how they're built it's, it's so clear like even the Lakers bubble chip was two superstars in a team of good players. I, How did I they get away say, from that? The rush trade is is what destroyed this team. Yes, Dude, yes. Kuzma. Kuzma looks amazing. Right? He looks good. He looks good on the Wizards. He's a good role player. He's big. He can shoot. He gets rebounds. He can score now. Like his game has opened up so much. Um Caruso looks good for the Bulls. Like all the role players that they had that won the championship, they looked great on other teams as role players. No, they weren't like superstars or all-stars. They were good players who knew their role, and the Lakers traded all of that away for one player who doesn't even fit with the other two. Like, he doesn't even fit on it. It just doesn't make sense, man. They they chase. Really, we have to blame the Nets for going after James Harden because I don't think the Lakers trade for Russ if the Nets don't build that big three. Well, the, the stupid thing is, is they both made the same fucking mistake. Yeah, I think the Lakers were chasing the Nets like, oh, they got a big three in the, over there. They're going to make the finals. If we want to beat them, we got to match it, and it didn't work. And that's the thing. It, both of those teams, like all the players, dude, imagine if the Nets still had Jared Allen, still had, did Dinwiddie go in that? Uh, no, I think he was going before that. I'm I know Torian sure. Prince went in that. Also, great role player. Yeah, like, dude, the league is just two stars, and you build your team with good players. And we see now all the good role players, you you got to pay a lot of money for those guys. Like, role players aren't cheap anymore like they used to be. You have to pay a lot of money for these role players. I mean, Buddy Hill has a crazy deal. Like, Buddy Hield is just a shooter. He doesn't even play defense, and he has a crazy deal. Like, these guys are getting paid, and the Lakers just, they aren't, they aren't accounting for that. Like, they're a very cheap team, in my opinion. It's, it seems like they try to, like, spend the least amount possible on their players. They don't value role players at all. And we see they traded away all of them for a player that doesn't fit. 
it it doesn't make sense, man. I hope I hope that they either trade Russ in those picks to fill out the starting lineup, or they just they trade AD and Russ, man, because it just doesn't make sense anymore. Like LeBron's gonna pass Kareem this year, and nobody's gonna care because they're gonna be like fucking ten and forty, like. It's, this is just not a good season. I guess that's going to be the only reason to watch Laker games. Yeah. And, and to answer your, your uh, first question, I think the season is uh, salvageable if they make the trade now. You cannot wait 25 games to make this trade. Yeah, and, and I really think that's the, the, the heel-turner trade is the only yeah. one that, yeah. that accomplishes anything. And I, I almost think that if you can't do that trade... It's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah, no, and I would agree with you. It's not worth right now unless you it's not worth going after those trades if you have to give up both picks. That's the only trade where I would give up both picks. Any the the um the Hornets trade, if you don't have to give up both picks, I'm doing it. Yeah, but it gets you nowhere. No, nah, it gets do, you some shooting in size. The the Hornets get you shooting in size. Yeah, so Gordon Hayward can play twenty games? No, nah, he Gordon Hayward's been good. Yeah, but he's, he's Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and maybe Kelly Oubre. I like that trade a lot. I, I like it, that trade I, a lot. I haven't seen the the inclusion of Oubre. That yeah. that makes it a little bit better because to me that hedges the bet of of Hayward getting injured a little bit. Yeah. So it would the package would actually be surrounding Terry Rozier. So it would be Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, and then another wing player. And also, since we're taking on so much money from them, we would only be giving up one pick. I'm I'm all that works for both sides in my opinion. It does, but it doesn't make you a contender in my eyes. Man. I think I I think it makes us a contender if and this is always a big if if LeBron and AD are healthy. Because you get that third player um in Gordon Hayward, you get the shooting and Terry Rogier and another one of their shooters. Well let's just say Kelly Oubre to fill that spot. That's two shooters. And then that's Gordon Hayward, who is the third best player. But it's all with the Lakers right now. It's always on health. I'm just I always say, and with if they're healthy, that's a good team. That's a contending team. Yeah. If it, healthy, that's a contending team. If somebody's hurt, if, obviously. If healthy and if AD plays to what he's capable of playing. Yeah. Which and, and those are those are almost two different concerns. AD's been good this year though. It's just he has to do so much because the team is so terrible. I don't know, dude, because there's there's been times where, you know, I haven't watched all the Lakers games, but I've seen moments where AD could easily play above the rim and get to the basket. And instead, he's posted up against a guy half his size and he does a turnaround jump shot instead when he literally just could have dunked on the dude. So from what I've been seeing, I mean, you know, I've been watching every game. The Lakers, the Lakers stars, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they cannot drive to the basket because they're going to get double. They're, the team is packing the paint because they know the entire team can't shoot. But that used so, to not matter for Anthony Davis. Yeah, when he was like prime. And actually, like even back then, they, they couldn't double back then. They weren't doubling. They would double AD and he would kick it out to a shooter. And we actually had the chance to score. <laughs> <laughs> now they don't even care. That's the problem. This team is built to hurt Anthony Davis and LeBron. LeBron's still going to get his because, I mean, he's just he's LeBron. He always finds a way, but Anthony Davis isn't LeBron. Like, Anthony Davis Well, and isn't. people aren't scared of Anthony Davis anymore, yeah. I think is a big part of it, is yeah. that nobody's like, man, we can't let AD beat us. Now yeah. it's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm just going to 
not let LeBron beat us. I dare AD to yeah. beat us. And I and uh I think AD's shooting like 18% from the field too. He's not a good shooter anymore. Anthony Davis lose, losing his shot is another thing that doesn't get talked about enough. He can't shoot anymore. And it just makes it like the GM did not do this team any favors with the the uh, roster construction. Like not only did our two shooters like regress in shooting, but we also regressed all around them. So now they can't even get into the paint anymore. It's a miracle that LeBron still dunks the ball at this point. When, <laughs> when there's three defenders just waiting for them in the paint, like it's amazing. So it, we're in a tough spot right now. In my opinion, um, they just need to make it. They just need to do a deal. I don't care. Either do a deal or trade AD. And then once LeBron's able to be traded, trade LeBron. Like this is just sick. It's sick to watch. Um, Russ is in his hometown getting booed and treated like shit. Like it's just sick to watch. A LeBron, AD, and Russ team should not be 0 5. This should not be the worst season in Lakers history. Coming off of one of the worst seasons in Laker history. They can't go back-to-back with worst seasons in NBA history. They're shooting the worst in NBA history from the three. Like, since the three-point line was the three-point line, they're shooting worse than any team ever. That's insane. That's In an a NBA that's been revolutionized by Steph Curry in the three-point line, we're shooting the worst. We got good defense, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm done man. i don't want to talk about them anymore i i uh i know the feeling but uh i mean i all right i'll i'll talk about my knicks a bit um it goes back to kind of what i said in in the beginning of we're beating the teams that we should beat we're not necessarily playing as competitive basketball against the teams that we should lose to like it, we we were relatively competitive um with the bucks for about you know half the game or so and then it started to get out of hand a little bit which we we have you know what i'm actually going to walk back what i was just going to say i was going to say that we don't really have an answer for Giannis, <laughs> but we should that's the fucking thing is that I actually think that Mitchell Robinson is very overpaid and very overrated. I know he had six blocks the other night. I know that he is a defensive force in the paint. But to me, there's just so much squandered potential there. Yeah, I want to see a double-double from him every night. There is no reason that he cannot put... I'm, dude, I'm not asking for ridiculous... Like, I'm not asking for Embiid. I'm not asking for him to learn how to shoot. But, like... He has all the physical tools to be as offensively competitive as, let's say, DeAndre Ayton. I don't know why he can't. He now has a team around him that can provide the playmaking to do it. You know, Jalen Brunson. Oh, man. Oh, my God, dude. He has been been amazing beyond as advertised. Um, I'm thrilled with his presence, but to me, that should also unlock more of Mitch's offensive game. Um, RJ, although I haven't been absolutely thrilled with his performance, he does show he's had some really nice passes. His playmaking ability is increasing. Again, that should help unlock Mitch a bit more, but it doesn't. So even though he still is a bit of a defensive force and he gets crazy blocks, I just, I, I, feel like 
him not providing us more is one of the things that is actually holding us back a bit. Yeah. And I, I know we we talked about him a lot in the past. And, you know, I felt like you guys should have been gotten rid of him. Like, I, I remember the double-doubles back then in the past seasons, and I, I was just never impressed with him as a player. I I just felt like you guys should have just gotten rid of him, man. Like there's a there's plenty of other like viable centers out there. I mean, you guys got Hartenstein, who, in my opinion, he's a really good center. But there were in the he past is, there were I, other centers. I will say Hartenstein doesn't really offer much on defense. Yeah. Um, I I still really you know at this point obviously Brunson's overtaken him for what I think is the best trade that uh, not trade uh, signing we did this oh, off yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still really like the Hartenstein signing. Um, he's, he's great offensively. He's hit some, some really nice threes at really nice points. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's a starting center, but I just no. but he's, he's honestly probably one of the, the better offensive bench centers. Yep. Yep. And it's just, I don't know. You guys, didn't you guys pay, uh, Mitchell? Yeah, we I did. Just, we did pay Mitch. I just don't um, think that was I, ever I, a good move. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say it's like 15 to 18 a year. Um, so it's not like he, he's not getting 30 a year, but he's also not getting pennies either. Um, yeah, I, I, I want, I want more from Mitch RJ. Um, he's, he's not been shooting very well. Um, and the one thing that I will say about RJ's game is like, and we've talked about this before in this league, like you can't only have your spots because people will figure you out and people will defensively scheme in a way that you cannot get to your spot. And RJ's thing is he likes to get to his left hand. People can just not let him get to his left hand. And then yeah. what is he going to do? Um, he's also being borderline overworked defensively because he he's always asked, he's not asked to guard the best player on the floor. There are times where he is just simply asked to guard whoever has the ball. And that's a lot. That's a lot for somebody. Um, and that's a, that's a Tibbs thing, I guess. But I, I don't think it's helping with his offensive capabilities. Jalen Brunson, man. It looks good, man. He looks really good. He is beyond his advertised... I'm very happy with Brunson. I think that he is the epitome of a floor general that he may not... He did have a career high in assists the other night. I think it was 13. He may not be getting double-doubles every game. He may not be approaching triple-doubles. But he has so many things that don't don't show up on a on a stat sheet like we know what what randall likes to do randall likes to play bully ball iso ball um he he really likes to attack along the baseline and brunson is great at creating those opportunities for randall um randall's game has has been great uh the other night i especially against the bucks like they weren't they weren't really pressing him at the three-point line and they were kind of giving him room and he was taking threes and they were absolutely horrible <laughs> and i really wish that he would have stopped shooting but if he ends up in an opportunity where it, it, he loves size mismatches so you you get him in a size mismatch yeah get him the ball 
you know, and Brunson is great at creating that mismatch and great at knowing when to get him the ball. And I, I really do think that has changed Julius's game a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm not like, I'm not like, oh my God, we need to keep Julius on this team forever. Um, but I, I do like what I've seen out of him so far. Um, I still believe that we have one of the better benches in the entire league. Uh, especially when D Rose gets going, man. Um, D Rose is is he's D Rose. Yeah. Like I, I I don't even know that I need to explain what he brings. Um, he's he's gotten such a good three point shot over the years. Yeah, man, that's one of his parts of his game that evolved. And you don't always see that, yeah. you know. Um, and then Obi. The dude is literally even even if he's not shooting well and even if he's not putting the numbers up the energy that he brings to the court is outrageous. You know, he is just an immediate shot of energy to the entire team and especially when they're at home like dude his windmill dunks and like his e-space like it, it just brings so much energy to the entire arena and it really like there aren't many players that unlock what i feel to be like the benefits of playing at the quote-unquote mecca and and obi is one of those players that i i think he really does um you you almost need to be a little bit showboaty and yeah, and you especially know. in that arena yeah because like what what good is a home court advantage then? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Obi, I feel good about. IQ, um, Emmanuel quickly. Some games I love him, some games I hate him. Because, like, I, I love his aggressiveness. But I would have hoped to see his shooting be a little bit more consistent by now. Because he's still the kind of shooter where... You know, obviously he's chucking up a ton of threes. Yeah. And one game he'll be four for six. And then the next he'll be 0 for eight. And while at times it'll average out to be okay, I would prefer to see that, that floor raised a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question for you. So you guys look good right now. Um, what if you got like do you regret your team not trading for donovan mitchell because imagine brunson and mitchell right now <laughs> imagine brunson mitchell i imagine julius Randle will probably still be there like, I, just, just imagine your core team we know we you'd have to give up um rj but see here's the thing is like it's hard for me to even answer that because i believe that the quote-unquote supposed packages that we had offered to them on the table were superior to what the Cavs offered them. Yeah. So I honestly don't think the trade was ever even there. I don't think the intent was ever there to get him to the Knicks. I think that Ainge legitimately did want to just fuck us. Oh, man. So... I'm just thinking about Donovan Mitchell and Brunson that, together. That's, that's like, to me, it almost, yes, it was talked about so much in the offseason. It was probably that and, and the KD situation were the yeah. most talked about things this offseason. Yeah. And I think that despite of how talked about it was, it would almost be saying like, 
wow, what if the Knicks traded for Steph? <laughs> like, I, I almost feel like that's how far we were from that trade actually happening. Yeah. So while, yes, I can sit here and say that it would be great and imagine the Knicks with, with Donovan Mitchell, but I could also say imagine the Knicks with Stephen Curry. You know, like I really, really, truly believe that that trade was just not even in, in the realm of possibility. I think it was possible. I just, like you said, I think Ainge would have wanted a little bit more. But just looking at who you, like the biggest players for you guys right now, I don't think it would have affected you guys that much. I think there was probably a package where you still end up with uh, Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson. Um, Derek Rose would still probably be there. And then from there, I, f- I feel like you could have filled out the team a little bit more too. We could have. We could have. Um, or maybe you got lucky and gave away Mitch for like one of their backup centers or something that would probably fit a little better and play better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have felt good about that. Um <laughs> I, I do think that the Knicks are going to chase somebody at the deadline, probably. I mean, they, they always kind of try to. Yeah. Um, I really want it to be SGA. I, I think that, I mean, I ideally, I would love it to be Luca, and, and I've said this to you a thousand times of like, what would it take? Well, first off, what would it take for Luca to want out? Secondly, how how many picks am I allowed to trade? Can I can I give? I think I want to say like seven or eight is basically yeah. the max number. So yes, give them all. Give RJ like I I would give anything for Luca. But then I also think that okay, well that would put Brunson and Luca back together again, and I don't think Brunson would be very thrilled about that because obviously the ball would be out of his hands a lot. You know, there's 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 too many weird things about that. But SGA I think would make sense. Um, I, and I think that it could be doable because, you know, OKC is, is out of all of the teams in the NBA, I feel like they're generally the quickest to, to be like, fuck it, we're tanking. Yeah. And SGA is single-handedly winning them games right now. Man. One of the best young players in the league right now. He really is. He's having his way. I watched both Clippers games and... He made their defense just look like food. Dude, he just he just beat Luca. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. They well, they came back from sixteen. They were down sixteen in the fourth. Yeah, and they, they he took it to overtime. And uh, I mean, Luca was amazing because I you know he had one of his crazy triple doubles that he has, and he outscored and and whatnot uh, SGA. But SGA played winning basketball. Um, and SGA, what I one of the things that I love about him the most is he fills the entire stat sheet. Like the other night, he had like three or four steals and three or four blocks yeah along with 30 points and eight assists and six rebounds and only like two or three turnovers he doesn't turn the ball over a lot like you said his three-point shooting is probably um the critique of his game but, but he the, doesn't he doesn't even need to take threes bingo yeah he'll take like one or two a game but the thing so and make one he he had a super clutch bl- a buzzer beater one the other yeah. night and yeah. that was the first three he took yep. all game yeah he, he, and he drilled it. He knows his game and he plays within it. And he's just, he's just good. He's just he's a, a good, good size guard. He's yep. the magic number. He's six, six. Yep. Um, and I really do think, you know, it, it, do I got to give up RJ? Okay, done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. yeah. honestly for SGA, the crazy thing about him is I almost feel like he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He is 100%. It's because he plays for OKC. 
Nobody's watching those games. Nobody's paying attention to yeah, them. Yeah, nobody's really paid attention to them since fucking pizza roll era. But like, <laughs> pizza roll era. <laughs> but it, I think this team with him would be ridiculous, and I think that Brunson would be still the primary ball handler. And I think that we've almost never really seen SGA as a true two guard, even though I think that he'd be phenomenal as one. Um, so I, it's, if, if we can make that happen, I think that's, that's the deal to do. I think that's the deal that we unload RJ for. I, I like RJ and, uh, I, I was close to buying an RJ Jersey a couple times that, that actually says a lot right there. Is there, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't know who to buy a Jersey of, of this current Knicks team. And that is a problem. Yet if they traded for SGA, I would go out and buy one tomorrow. Yeah. I th- honestly, now we're talking about it. I think because the, the Knicks are going to be good, but we I think they're not good enough. I think we both had them like what play in status. Yeah, I, I think they're a playing team. And, I think, I, and but, I think they're still on pace for that. They're I, I think they can beat the teams they're quote unquote supposed to be able to beat. The upcoming schedule is tough. It is tough. <laughs> and we'll learn a lot. Like I, I did learn a lot in that Bucks game. Um they were like moderately competitive up until the half. Yeah. And then things started to get out of hand a bit. Uh they they did bring it closer, but it it felt like it was one of those situations where the Bucks were just managing the game. Yeah. And you're supposed to lose to the Bucks. Yes. But I said that to say maybe you guys are like a uh RJ trade away from being like a six five seed. Cause they that could be, and and if it is SGA, I think that's a possibility. It, it would depend s- on what else we'd have to give up because yeah. the thing is, is in any trade, we would deplete what is probably currently our biggest strength, which is our bench. Yeah. Um. So it would really come down to who else needs to be included. I think a best possible situation for us would be a deal based on RJ and Mitch mm-hmm. because that's picks. that's a nice chunk of money right yeah. there. And then you throw in like two or two picks, three, depending on who the player that you're bringing in. Yeah. And I mean, the big thing in the NBA right now is unprotected picks. So like if we do three picks, two unprotected RJ Mitch, and then, you know, we, I think that it, it would probably break my heart to break up IQ and, and Obi. But like, if we, if we threw IQ in that, because I think that, um, you know, let's, let's say Miles McBride might be ready for some more opportunity. Um, Man, two players, three picks. I feel like that's enough. I don't even think you need to throw in another player in there. And if it does, it shouldn't be a a good player off the bench. <laughs> but that's the thing. I I actually, you know, like I said, I have my concerns about IQ. Yeah. Um, and he turns the ball over a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, so we we are a trade away from being into that next tier. Um. And, and I really hope that's the trade to make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there there has to be some move out there. I don't think OKC will be asking a crazy... I don't think they have a crazy price on SGA. But the problem is, is if that is the price for SGA would be RJ, Mitch, and three picks, there are a lot of other teams that can match that. That's what yeah, concerns that's me if that, that's what the price is. That is true. Yeah. But OKC is a pretty good organization. I think they would send him to somewhere he would want to be. So I guess he would just have to want to be a Nick, and I think they can make it happen. Well, uh, you know, uh, being in the small market of OKC, you you learn less about people's personalities. 
I, I do know that he's from Canada. Yeah. Um, so maybe being up north would help a little bit. Uh, I, I really don't know much about him personality wise. I don't know if he wants to be in a big market. Um, yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll see. I think that he would thrive there. I think that he would be a phenomenon. Oh, 100%. And, uh, and while we're on the topic of SGA, so, I mean, we know how the Clippers are doing. Um, we know who they sent away to get Kawhi and Paul George together. Do they regret that trade in the near future? And when I say near future, I mean like next year or this, the year after. SGA is on the rise. Looks like one of the, the better young players in the league. Kawhi has missed four games in a row, and Paul George stinks. <laughs> Paul George stinks. So I'm I'm actually going to say no. They should. So the answer is they should, mm-hmm. but they probably don't because they actually played quite well and got pretty deep into the playoffs last year with just Paul George. Paul George played very well last year. Yeah, but are we... Are they happy about like they've never been to the finals? I mean, they, if I was a, a Clippers fan, I would just never be happy. So yeah, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think they're gonna look back. Who at else was in that trade? Oh, I don't even remember. Let me look it up. SDA and a bunch of picks. Um, yeah, like I just think at some point, like you got to look back and say, did we make a mistake? Kawhi's missed so many games. I mean, and we kind of knew that was going to happen regardless, but they're always getting to the playoffs and, oh, if we had both players, like, we would have did this and that, but you never have both players. I think at some point you just got to, you got to look back on this. Gallinari. Who was a Celtic now? Was it? Um, who else was a part of that? Five first round picks. That was it. SGA, Sheesh. Gallinari, and five first round picks. Jeez. I wonder if uh talking about mortgage in your future. Like we don't talk about the Clippers enough. They I mean I feel like everyone always brings up like the Lakers. Oh, they traded everything away for A D, but they want to chip but out dude, of it. Even like, even like the Clippers didn't have they haven't gotten anything. They got a Western Conference finals berth. Even without knowing what SGA was gonna turn into. Paul George is, I'm sorry, not worth that. Yeah, I, it was more of they traded for Paul It was Paul desperation. George and, well, they traded knowing that if they got Paul George, Kawhi was coming too. So we have to look at the trade as they traded all of that for Paul George and Kawhi. And I think that makes it look better. But fast forward to yeah, now. Yeah, it makes it easier to swallow. Yeah, but. fast forward to now though, like it doesn't look like a good move. Like they traded all, they traded their future to contend make the playoffs which they were already doing the only thing that they can say they accomplished in this this run is making the western conference finals but Kawhi wasn't there so we all knew they weren't gonna win i I don't know man i'm trying to see if i can find like a summary of what those picks turned into oh (laughs) like what players they are now yeah but like the the picks was just a mishmash of like so one of them was the 2021 Heat unprotected first rounder, 2022 Clippers first rounder. So it was a mix of Heat and Clippers yeah. picks and some swaps. So it's kind of hard to decipher, but 
Yeah, man. It's it's going to be tough for them. I mean, especially if they don't do anything this season, this is going to be like a, a big failure on the Clippers, which, I mean, they've had so many of them. So I guess it's just like, <laughs> where does this fall? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Clippers fans would probably say, with the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're used to it, used to it at this point. Yeah, used to the pain. I know I know what that's like. <laughs> hey, but you guys aren't throwing your entire future away to still lose. Like at least you guys are building on something. You guys have young players that you've groomed up and Yes, and and you know, to go back to the Donovan Mitchell possibility, some part of me was slightly glad that we didn't mortgage the entire future. Um it's but, different though. Because you, I will say, let's look at it this way. So you said if you you think that SGA could be had for you know let's say RJ Mitch or or, or two two yeah, players two and players three picks and three picks we definitely wouldn't have been able to get Donovan Mitchell for that. Oh, man. So, but who's just, a better who who would you rather have SGA or Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell, I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks. I think it's the same. I still think I want Donovan Mitchell. Because if you think about it like this, so to I compare, honestly don't know. To compare it, like, the um the the Clips, they traded for older players who, like, in a couple of years, they're going to be role player, basically. Um, Donovan Mitchell's young. I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, but he's, like, what, 24, 25? Like, they're Donovan both Mitchell's young. a young player. He hasn't even really hit his prime I want to say he's 24. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell hasn't even hit his prime yet. And he's already dropping 41 and going crazy. I don't think SGA is as good as Donovan Mitchell. But that's that's not saying that SGA isn't really, really good. Oh, Spite is 26, he's 26. actually. Okay, yeah. he's, that's still young. I mean, I'm 26. He's still super young. And the difference, Donovan Mitchell wins playoff games. Yes, but... I mean, SGA hasn't had that opportunity, so we don't really know. Uh, was it was he in the, with the Clippers? I guess he was really young when he was on the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, he did yeah, he did know. play with the Clippers and um 2019-2020 the OKC was in the playoffs and he was in that. So he played 7 games. He played 6 with the Clippers in 18-19. Um and then he played uh, seven looks like with OKC that year, but he wasn't. I mean, we're, we're talking several years ago. He wasn't the player that he is now. So he averaged in with the Clippers in those six games, thirteen point seven, and with OKC sixteen point three. So yeah, they're not phenomenal numbers, but. Uh, those were also his his first two years in in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could understand it. I, and how old is SGA? SGA is twenty four. Okay. I mean, so what? Two years off? Yeah, I'm taking Donovan Mitchell. That's just a two year uh, difference. I'm taking Donovan Mitchell one hundred percent. Especially like if we're just talking Knicks right now, I think Donovan Mitchell fits better with uh, Brunson than SGA does. So I'm definitely taking Donovan Mitchell. You got your number one option. You got your somebody capable of dropping forty. Um, I I just think they look better. I think they look better with him. He's exciting. When he dunks, it's different from when SGA dunks <laughs> in the garden. Like 
I don't know. At some point, you <laughs> yeah, gotta... because because there's like five inches difference between the two, so one of them gets way less dunks. <laughs> yeah. So like that, you um, at some point, you guys have to cash in on what you guys have built if it's not working right now. Because I I don't see anything to where you guys are gonna win in the future with the current players. I think at some point you have to cash in on what you've earned and put together and try to go after like a second round Western or Eastern Conference Finals exit. Cause I don't think you're championship ready yet. But Don I keep telling you this, Donovan Mitchell was something you could build around. That's somebody that's well, somebody I think they both wanna, are. Um SGA, I don't know. The only thing with SGA is obviously there's more of an injury history there. Yeah. And and Donovan Mitchell I, I don't remember any serious injuries in his career. No, he hasn't had any serious ones. It's just Donovan Mitchell in the garden sounds like, yo, I want to go join that. SGA in the garden, I don't know. I don't I, <laughs> I don't, don't know. <laughs> I don't even really buy that because I I don't know. Wasn't there like something some poll around the players in the league that playing in the garden isn't as big of a deal as the media makes it out to be or something? Yeah, I do remember that. Um, I just I don't know I look, I just look at it so different I just I always think if you want to build a championship team like you got to start out with that one superstar and Donovan Mitchell would have been that one you wait for a couple of contracts to fall off while he's still young and then you'll be able to sign or trade and get like another big contract and you got something cooking but but that's also why I'm saying like if it's at all possible seven eight picks five players oh, for, for Luka, Luka. Doncic <laughs> <laughs> Luka Doncic in the garden who would not want to join that yeah but that's just that's just like what ifs at this point like but, but Mitchell was actually be. possible Mitchell was actually possible I, but see Luka, I really do have a hard time believing that it was well, we don't know we can only go off of what was in the news and the news said it was possible there was a deal and I think the Knicks pulled out right because they didn't want to give up that much from what I read there was a deal out there. The so, Knicks didn't yeah, do if, it. if I recall, there was supposedly a deal that was like on the table and the Knicks pulled out from. But then also we had reports come out that, yeah, Ainge was never serious about ever sending him to yeah, okay. the, the Knicks and he was just fucking with the Knicks. So you don't know what to believe. That's in poor taste then if you're just doing stuff like that. Dude, for real. And if that's legitimate, like I... I I want to be bitter and say, hey, how do we investigate this man? Because that's a shitty way of fucking doing business. Like, if we had the better offer on the table and you didn't want to go with it just because it's the Knicks, that, that to me, hurts the integrity of the league. Yeah, and we, we know it happens, but, team, like, GMs should just never operate like that. That's just not, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the team. It's not good for the fans. Like, not good for just NBA fans. Like, why would you operate that way? supposed to be about making your team better and you know winning games but whatever yeah i it's we like you said we know that it happens it's just it shouldn't be that obvious yeah but hey at least you know actually the game started a couple minutes ago nick's calves um we're into it a little bit right now uh the knicks are up set uh 11 to 7 just saying. Oh, well, actually, it just changed for me. I see eleven ten now. So somebody hit a three for the Cavs. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we've beat both the Knicks and the Lakers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Into the ground at this point. Oh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Beat themselves into the ground. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, at this point, like I said, we're after tonight, probably an average of six games played for most teams in the league and yeah. starting starting to get a little bit of a picture. So, you know, we we just kinda laid out our thoughts of what we see so far and you know, you'll be getting an update from us soon. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Hey, maybe uh, maybe the Lakers will have a win. <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe Russ won't be on the team. One can only hope. Uh, hope is all we have sometimes. <laughs> and on that note, Downtown Dimes is out. Thank you, guys. <laughs>